0: dogs
1: of war cry is a podcast from the mortal realms focusing on war cry a fast-paced cinematic skirmish game by games workshop you can expect discussion on gameplay rules homebrews lore, painting, terrain, narrative gaming, leagues, and events. This is Season 6, Episode 1, and we're going to be talking about the new starter set, Crypt of Blood, Um, our first impressions, uh, what we think about it, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, and all the things that you've come to love about our uh, podcast, uh, our hobby, uh, painting, and a new uh, Circle of Paint challenge for this season. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, my name is Eric, and answering the call with you this week is uh, Josh. How you doing? I'm very well, thank you. And Vint, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, very, very well. Awesome. Well, welcome back to season another season, guys. It doesn't feel like the last season ended all that long ago, did it? No, which is great. No. we work for us. Yes.
0: Uh,
1: we do these seasons so we can get a little bit of break, but uh, last season was a little like... Uh, we took it we were pretty chill we took it easy we didn't we didn't press a schedule uh you know too hard um but uh hopefully this season will will come uh prompt w- as we get new releases and new activities in our own groups and and uh as we get closer to adepticon we've got lots of things to talk about so uh we're gonna jump right into it josh why don't you take us to the forge of Mithraxis?
2: We are here in the Forge of Mithraxis and the sweltering heat you may be feeling across the United States is from the Forge of Mithraxis where hobby happens. And uh, we'll start with you, Vint, in terms of what have you been up to since the last season ended? I know you had some stuff planned, you're going to tournaments. What's been up, man?
0: Uh, so it's actually kind of wild, because like where there's uh, there's a lot of like tournaments and stuff that were planned... Uh, unfortunately, like, it was the devil's luck where they'd be canceled last minute, or uh, there's a lot of attrition at work. Um, not that I work at a place where there's a lot of attrition, like, in the apocalyptic sense. Um, but, like, the there's a lot of people that just, yeah, like, left or got fired. So um, mostly just left. I think everybody just left. Uh, but it went from, you know, smaller work weeks to very long work weeks. So it's been a lot of work. Uh, That being said, um, I helped work on a birthday present gift for a friend and built a bunch of the Leviathan models. Um, in fact, it was, it was two full boxes of Leviathan. And we, we got that gone and then got to read through, uh, the new, the new White Dwarfs since then. And then read, I've been reading, uh, Witchbringer. Um, which is a 40K Psyker book. It's about a Primaris Psyker. It's super fun. Um, Nice. Other than that, just lots of building. Lots of building hobby stuff. I'm uh, building a table of terrain um, and finished up a boarding action, uh, my second boarding action terrain set, and got some of the people at work to try that too because they were into sci-fi. Nice. But also uh, I've got the, the Jade Obelisk ready and raring to go. Um, and I think I'm going to be putting those back on the table cause they're just a lot of fun. I found all my That's narrative awesome. stuff, uh, from Perfect. my tournament with Dan Herrera and I was like, mm, this must go on. So,
1: yes. <laughs> well, we're glad awesome. to hear that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All
2: right, Eric, how about you, man? What have you been up to? Ooh,
1: what have I been up to? Um, not a lot, actually. Um, the summer has been full of just activities for the kids, so I've not been at my hobby table as much as I would like, um, I would say one of the things I've, I probably, my hobby has been sort of uh, resetting the hobby space. So putting some things away, you know, projects that have bits, they get sucked back into my bits trays, my bits bins, uh, and put away terrain gets, you know, kind of put away. And I've got the, the stuff that I bring to, to our league nights and everything else kind of st- sticks away until we need it. Um, uh, so that's that's one thing uh, sort of the the hobby reset um, uh, I haven't actually been making as many videos and stuff like that as I was hoping uh, I find that I don't have the stamina for it to do it ongoing i've got I've got to build that up um, but otherwise uh, yeah I've just been out with the kids in the summer heat has been my yeah. hobby at pickleballing and pickleballing thanks for thanks for letting hey everybody I pickleball now yeah,
2: it's awesome. Uh, you know, and just to kind of touch on the videos, the three of us were actually invited onto Tabletop War Gaming or Tabletop and Beyond, and uh, with Justin and Jason, and they talked about narrative gaming, and we had a great time. You know, they, yeah, they've thrown that out there. Uh, lots of good information from all of us and our opinions on narrative gaming, just not in Warcry and lots of different systems. But yeah, had a great time. Really close. They,
1: they even said they wanted to, to have us back sometime or do some more collaboration. So. we'll have to to see what we can do about that
2: yeah that was a very pleasant experience yeah yeah like you like you eric i've been busy with uh kids busy this summer got you know some trips planned uh went to scotland with my daughter for choir there's a chaperone and family vacation coming up uh my stepson ben is in in college and he's this this next year he's got an apartment with five other guys and so he's been busy moving stuff out and getting things in and took the desk from my office, so I had to get a new desk, which is which is okay, because I've been kind of setting this up as a future painting hobby space Okay, that I don't have to worry about instead of taking over the dining room table. So so that's been nice. That's been a good progress point. R.I.P. I, I dining down.
1: room table space.
2: <laughs> my wife's been okay with it, because at least then we can hobby <laughs> in the open and talk to her while she's watching TV or working yeah. on stuff. But uh, but it's been taken over, and it's like, okay, people want to use the dining room table. <laughs> Yeah. Ben and I need to take some our of stuff off. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, otherwise, uh, we've we got the Crypt of Blood uh, starter set from uh, Games Workshop. Thank you. Uh, so I have assembled and been painting, on that, ter- painting that terrain so we can uh, try that out for some yeah. games.
1: Yeah, and we're looking forward to uh, uh, some more. We're going to be talking about that a little bit today, and we're going to be uh, hopefully doing some demos with it uh, in the coming weeks. So right. uh, that'll be pretty cool um awesome uh why don't we jump over to the path to glory uh let's talk a little bit about games played any uh narrative games competitive games uh you know building your war bands uh that sort of thing um uh, let's jump back to you josh who what have you been working on or what games you've been playing who you've been playing with
2: mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately i have not been able to make it out to league night the last several eight, several weeks uh due to family things and other stuff yeah, so but I have been playing the True uh, Trueblades, and uh, they're a lot of fun. Uh, you know, they they can be challenging with some of the uh, matchups. But I've won more than I've lost, which is not a bad. You know, sometimes I have high casualties, and um, until my very last game, I lost a model every single game. You know, but uh, so finally, I broke that trend. <laughs> but but uh, but I really enjoyed playing them. They're a very interesting faction with a lot of different nuances and in, in how you play them. So
1: yeah. Um. Very cool. Well, I have uh, I have been able to uh, get out to our league nights, and I've been playing the the Questor Soulsworn, and uh, uh, thankfully, uh, uh, the FAQ came out and and corrected a piece of them that I had run into the issue of uh, the rule where uh, when uh, when my Questor Soulsworn when a model would die in the narrative be slain. Um, there's the rule that says that if it's got the hero rune mark, then you have to quest for it. And at first we thought, Hey, well, that's kind of cool. Everybody in the quest soulsworn soul Sword has a hero rune mark. So if anybody dies, you can't just add them back. You got to go quest for them. Well, that kind of bummed me out. Like, like internally, I couldn't just like get them back on the table and keep playing and keep grinding. So I decided to cheat and just say, Hey, you know, what? I, it should, I'm going to just add them back to the roster. Right. right, right. And you know, it turns out I wasn't cheating because uh, a week Flipicated. later we got an FAQ. So, right, right. They've been a lot of fun. They're super unique. It's, it's, it, they're a fun warband to kind of like figure out how to use all of those extra boosts of each other. And then this last, last week I added, um, Calthia into it and she can add up to three, depending on the, the ability dice, give up to three models within nine inches an additional move or attack. Uh, or, action um, and so that's super like just force multiplying and so these guys can get tons of extra movement or attacks and stuff it's like every single ability even their death mechanic if they are taken out of action you can use a reaction to give any model on the board an extra attack or move so it's just like it's like a really good it's like the Harlem Globetrotters of warbands of, right, uh, war bands, right? Yeah. like back, behind the hand, back passes and uh, you know like uh, yeah. you know misdirection and you don't know where Book they're the left gonna, go, right you don't know where <laughs> they're gonna be able to apply pressure and I certainly haven't mastered it after you know uh, you know 13 14 games but they're a lot of fun and I think um, they don't have a single like standout you know beat stick but there's kind of enough there to work with and boost a little bit uh, with different things to get some work done. Um, awesome. So, yeah. uh, I, I, I've been enjoying them. Uh,
2: and, and and one added feature that was brought up by Mike during the League is that if you're on a quest to get a heroic trait, you have to kill a model with a hero, hero rune mark. So, you want to play the Quest your soul swarm because any model you kill <laughs> <laughs> has the yeah. hero rune mark. <laughs> they, are,
1: they are good heroic trait bait. Uh, <laughs> yeah. plenty of heroic traits go around we can hand them out like candy uh, <laughs> right. like fire firemen on a parade with candy um, so but the quest has been good I started off uh, uh, trying to get them each their own um, artifact um, from their from their specific uh, store, um, quest or artifacts but that turned out to be a lot harder than I thought and uh, I couldn't get it to everybody um, so I kind of bounced around it with a few different um uh uh quests and stuff like that. But they've been a lot of fun. Um and that's really kind of most of what I've been up to. Um, awesome. yeah. So that uh that takes us to our Well, next... you were
2: gonna mention, uh twelve straight months. Oh right. League. Um our our last, e- yeah, our last
1: Yeah, our last episode was about um building community around War Cry and uh we are coming up or we've already passed or coming up on a whole year of running leagues um and we run them for about eight weeks each um and so we've gotten in uh just like we're coming up on closing up our sixth uh league uh, which means six different war bands six different uh you know within our gaming group you know six times you know five to eight uh, new warbands to play against, and and you know each of those, you know a dozen or more games uh, for people who can make it most weeks. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just a lot of, of fun gaming, memories, uh, cool things we've been able to uh, try out, etc. So mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. little little happy anniversary to or happy birthday, happy anniversary to our our league. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to all of our league mates who are listening. Thanks for making our local community
0: uh, what it is. Vint, why don't you take us to the Visions of Madness? Awesome. So with the Visions of Madness comes the the really cool development of the bunker and what GW is hoping to do there, where it's a global-sized event and campaign uh, setting where we'll be able to, if I'm playing in Eric's basement at my local GW store or at my coffee shop that I talk about all the time... Um, all of those games would count. And all of those would go towards different rankings and different fun stuff you can do. Uh, so in the new White Dwarf, they talk about that. And one of their first articles, not to brag, but it's about Warcry. Um, so uh, we have the Test of Champions, and it's a cool match play battle plan uh, where you've got three awesome missions um, that actually like help it kind of sit sit nicely um, in a three-round tournament. Um one of the things at the end of it is you get divine blessings. Uh, so in the divine blessings, it's an optional rule for match play that lets you uh, change a fighter's characteristics or give them additional abilities or reactions by increasing their point values. Hmm. Uh, if you like the idea of using smaller, more elite versions of your war band, or if you find you often have points left over when choosing a war band, these rules, uh, use these rules, um, as, as you see fit and can work with your other friends uh, to do so. Cool. Um, but your blessings would be, like, add one to the movement characteristic of this fighter. Uh, and if it's a regular fighter, it's 15. If it's an elite fighter, it's 25. Um, okay. What those mean... Uh, for yeah. the fighters, okay. Yeah. Um, for a fighter whose wounds characteristics are twenty is 22 or less, use the regular fighter. If it's 23 or more, you're an elite Man, I play a lot of regular, regular war bands. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know, It's a man, lot sure. of
0: regular war bands. Even, even the ones with elite rune marks apparently are elite on that show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm looking at you, Darko Savagers. You you glorious, glorious friends. Jade um, Obelisk. Uh, Jade no, Obelisk. Obelisk 22. <laughs> zoinks.
1: I mean, even the Quester Soulstorm are all 20 and less.
0: Yeah. A bunch adult. of regular just Joes, just those Harlem glow Joe Stormcast, <laughs> Joe Stormcast. Um, well, I mean, if, what's, nice,
1: Joe what's nice about that is you got some war bands where you know they don't tick all the way up to a thousand points for a for a for a list, and you can you know if you got ten points or fifteen points left over, maybe you can boost something, and uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, or if you wanted to just take a regular Joe and make them a little bit more interesting. Uh, it seems like, like that's about Joseph, well, uh, and there's a, a whole bunch of different bussings. There's
0: like, uh, one, to two, three, four, five, Josiah. Um, but one of the cool things, right. Is one of them we've talked about it a little bit on earlier podcasts where you take a character and run them through like the go Trek, uh, battle. And then right. from there you go and then you build up your war band. Uh, this gives you heroism is one of the things can use the inspiring presence ability as if the fighter had the hero rune mark um, cool. so you can really get like the feel of your narrative in a match play game which which really should be like on our box as far as like what we're about That's you know cool. nice i like yeah. what
2: number of white dwarf
1: was that again uh, that
0: is in white dwarf 490, 490. perfect That's very
1: cool that seems like a pretty loaded good a good one to buy
0: I agree. Yeah. I agree. Maybe There's we'll a lot of that, good in stuff in that book. one. Mm-hmm. Very cool. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, why don't we talk a little bit then about our uh, roadmap? Yes. Yeah. Since the last um,
2: season ended, uh, I mean, or even before then, I think, uh, the, the Games Workshop kind of shared their roadmap, their idea for Warcry over the next year. Um, ooh, are we gonna, oh, yes. Nicely done. Nicely done. Our viewers can appreciate this. So um, the starter set, obviously, Crypt of Blood has come out uh, for pre-order, so it'll be out soon. Uh, It has two warbands, Death and Order. And then they are proposing four new warbands in autumn. Um, We have seen sneak peeks of One Order and One Destruction, which we'll talk about next. And that will be interesting to see what the other two are. Oh, there we go. Okay, we got the Monster Hunters crew, boys. And that's then so they cool. recently shared the Wiltercore Hunters from Cities of Sigmar. Both really cool-looking warbands. And, and pets galore. I mean, we're talking about... We got ghouls with pets. Now we got cool boys with pets. So now we got humans with pets. I mean, we got lots of little animals running around the boards. Well,
1: and what's interesting, we talked about this, is that uh, they all have kind of a hunting theme. Uh, yep. So we've moved from maybe exploration into hunting. And uh, that's kind of a, an interesting... Uh, yeah interesting trope and we're back to pets like uh, in season one where we had spiders and snakes and rock tusk prowlers and all that good stuff yep. so yep. Oh,
2: yeah but uh but yeah so and then two new war bands are proposing for winter order versus death and then the spring two new war bands to be confirmed yep. so it'll be uh you know we were kind of talking about this and I think in our previous episode but um you know in terms of we're wondering are we still staying in gur you know where is the new narrative going are we getting deeper into Talaxus or not and so we're kind of waiting to see with these releases of the new war bands what kind of lore background we will have with that yeah. what kind of box sets the forum b will be the terrain just the miniatures get a lot lots to kind of wait and yep. see where that goes
1: but i feel like um, i mentioned before like the the books that came in the the different sets um, you know sort of got overshadowed a little bit with the mm-hmm. terrain and all that kind of stuff so i wonder if we'll get an, i i think an ideal for in my opinion would be you know have two warbands come out at the same time with a book that pairs them off against each other mm-hmm. that has you know the campaign arcs in it or you know all of their personal narrative uh you know quests and stuff like that uh or individual narrative quests that would be ideal um, and, and they always have a little bit of a, a rules, kind of try this rule or try that rule with forest tactics right. or um, uh, uh, oh, blanking uh, siege uh, rules siege, or something yeah. like that. So mm-hmm. uh, that could be ideal. But, yeah, we've got a couple. I, I My gut tells me we're still in Gur. Uh, me too. Yeah.
2: It, it certainly feels like it based on the theme of the, the two war bands that yep.
1: and we, we briefly get showed. The Cruel Boys uh, were mentioned pretty heavily in... Cruel boys and ogres were mentioned a lot in the um, narrative in the last um, the quest the quester soulsworn and um, uh, royal hunt box their 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 booklet that came with that box talked about the cruel boys and ogres a lot as well. So when we talked about that narrative, it kind of foreshadowed cruel boys. So um, mm-hmm. and we've got them as our first revealed warband. So I think that I think we're staying yeah. on Ogre um
2: yeah and like and that kind of aligns with um in the, in the when we reviewed the map after the last expansion they added a crew boys shield yeah as one of the tokens and it didn't come out to be a crew boys warband for that expansion nightmare quest but now we're seeing them so i think that's we're starting you know, maybe it's still hinted towards that so absolutely follow
0: us on all of our tinfoil hat uh ideas as we read through the map of uh the war cry Maybe I'll start putting one on when we do Visions of Madness. Yeah,
2: yeah. Visions of Madness. (laughs) But in terms of the
0: the two warbands we have seen pictures of, uh, what are you guys' thoughts? Man, I am super pumped about the Cruel Boys stuff. That's been an aesthetic I have been in love with since they came out. Uh, Rest in peace, uh, the troll that is captured. But everybody else is super, super cool. Um, I'm a big fan of how they look. The um the the big vulture is super cool um and i really 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 want to you know use him as as a stand-in for like a thousand different kits um because he's just a really neat kid Mm -hmm. uh the cruel boys in general are really neat just because the the way they play on the table the way they move around like i just think the the models are great so regardless of how OP or not OP they are, I'll be playing. Hopefully, those cruel boys. So, oh, I guess um,
2: gorillas too, which would be kind of cool, right? Yep. Baboons.
0: I've I've or baboons maybe maybe it's closer yeah. to baboons. Yeah, yeah, they look like baboons. I, I will ma- say, what are they? Macaques, the the Chinese monkeys. Yeah, kind of look like those Those too. are small. Yeah, they're so much smaller. Mm. What's
1: I, I do find I think it only because they're back to back, the the uh, flesh eater court and the cruel boys have a lot share a lot of similar like they're gangly, they're a little, you know, their faces are a little snarly and noses tight, they're wearing pelts and skulls on their body and they have monkey pets. So it's a little or or primates as they're. So there's a like kind of an eerie similarity to them, but I do I think I like the cruel boy aesthetic a little bit better. I think they do it a little bit better personally. Um mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a really big fan of these Cities of Sigmar models, and I think it's really cool that they came out as Warcry and and Age of Sigmar-like from the get-go. Yes, and they're just like, hey, this is exactly. a new unit, and it's super intentional. I mean, we've always gotten a, the we've gotten every unit or warband in Warcry, and they've made them so they fit with their army. But this particular mm-hmm. one definitely feels like it's that kind of um, uh, what was the Dogs of War. From you know the old world kind of thing, where there's just this hodgepodge of different um, abilities, from axes to shooting to dogs and whatnot. And I hope mm-hmm. they keep that flavor in in Age of Sigmar for for the big armies. You know, like you could have these little hunt packs. Um, yeah. And what's interesting is they that they have a little bit of crossbows, they you know shooting. They've got some axes, they got some pole arms, so they kind of take the um, you know the halberdiers and the and the you know different. Uh, Cities of Sigmar y- units that that we used to have or uh, that have, we've had in the past and kind of combine them into one unit, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. I'm
0: really excited to see how they fit into the army, right, with the Slaves to Darkness and using things like the Corvus Cabal or using things um, like the Unmade. I've played a bunch of games with Unmade in my list, mm. and they're really, really fun to put in your list, even if they're not, like, the Unmade are very straightforward, but... Having them, like, just run around as blobs of, you know, uh, wild-looking things has been fun. Uh, Having the Untamed Beast in my list, that was Mm -hmm. super fun the the couple times I did that, too. Just running them up the table a little bit and forcing you to fight them. Um, And, of course, Spire Tyrants. I think I've had (laughs) Spire Tyrants in my list every time. They're so fun. They
1: fit that aesthetic pretty good.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah, and
1: I
2: think the Wildercore
0: is pretty interesting because of the lore they shared
2: is that they're mostly reclaimed, which are the the individuals who were left behind mm-hmm. in the realms when Sigmar closed the gates to his ear. So yep. it kind of uh, focuses more on and those groups and you know that they're contributing to society and they make great scouts yeah. because they've been surviving out in yep. the wilderness against chaos all this time.
1: There's tension between those that were left behind and stayed in uh, the realms right. and survived, and those who Fled to Azir, have lived lived a pretty cushy life and are coming back to the realms with authority. Right. Um, and right. so there's that. Yeah, it's that's pr- there. will probably be some really good tension with the army too. Um, yeah, yeah,
2: know. and I've seen a lot of people talk about converting them into witch hunter type forces because mm-hmm. the old Mordheim witch hunter warbands had dogs. You know, so this is th- thematically yeah. be simple to kind of convert that. Yeah. And I and profiles
1: any of the um, hexbane's hunters or. You know, That sort of mm-hmm. stuff, you could easily put those guys into this. In. warband. yep. Uh, since they don't have rules themselves, they could fit here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pretty cool, very cool. And then, last but certainly not least, uh, we mentioned it at the top. Uh, we got a FAQ, uh, for a uh, war cry with a, a few uh, tasty morsels. I'm not going to pull that up here, uh, because I'd, f- I'd probably be flipping through and couldn't find it. But what are the highlights? Um, uh, number one top in the charts at number one is a revamp to rampage uh oh, yeah. one of the go-to uh quads in war cry uh typically you get an additional a free move action and then a free attack action um yep. in Generic. that order everybody can use it. anybody yep. can use it mm-hmm. um monst- monsters can use it uh, nope. nope nope okay so not everybody nope. josh you lied no, <laughs> every warband can use it. Yes, did. but you know most most beasts can use it as well, uh, and um, it's a move and an attack. Uh, now, it the move action part of that is limited to the the value of the dice. So if you get a quad one, you can have one extra one inch of movement. If you get a quad six, you can get six inches of movement. Uh, which for a model that only had three inches of movement is an improvement. Um, right. Uh, right. You know, for ogres, uh, you know, going to six inches instead of uh, four, it's pretty good. Your storm cast, uh, yeah. So there's mm-hmm. there's some upsides there, uh, but the the consensus in our you know Discord, uh, the Mortal Realms forward slash Discord, uh, is that it creates more viability for other quads, makes other things, exactly. makes it more of a choice, uh, because movement Factious is so important uh, to get that yeah. extra move and it'll limit like sometimes you could get that quad, but maybe things are just out of reach. Uh, it's a low value quad and it's like, well, there's something else I could use that for. Um, right. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah,
0: definitely be more interesting tactically.
1: Any other thoughts on it? Yep.
0: I think it opens. Go ahead. I think it opens up a lot of, uh, of different options. Exactly what you guys are saying with the, the, it makes it, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have a quad and I'm like, but I could just rampage like, yep. Yep. you know it's just really hard to not rampage nice. all the time. Exactly, yep.
2: exactly.
0: Um, but when you look at like the the triples and the some of the other ones for like going back to the OG warbands for Warcry, those quads are all suddenly much more viable. Um, like I would take the uh, the Corvus Cabal one. I think is another. It's pretty much rampage with a different flavor where you can jump over something. That's their triple. But anyway, they have they have a bunch of them. Um, throughout that are just really good. And that I would have never used because rampage is also really good, right? That movement, the extra attack, Uh, even if it's just an extra attack swing, you put it on like a rat ogre to get your fourth swing in, you know? Yeah. So it's just such a big deal. Yeah.
2: Well, now that instead of using a wild die to turn that triple one into a rampage, you're like, oh, well maybe, maybe I'll use triple and then save this wild die for something else. It's more
1: useful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you may let be less likely to to auto, you know, auto use a wild dice for a quad. So, right, right. I think it's what I also like is it's a very uh, minor change to it. It's not a big change. I'm sure they uh-huh. kind of chewed on that for a while because it's such an iconic part of the game. But I think it's a good choice. It doesn't feel bad. I, I, I agree. You know? I agree. I so, think it's a good tweak. Uh, mm-hmm. So minor tweaks are the best in this game because we're dealing with such like hair thin differences between. You know, yeah. something like that. The next is a change to treasure, um, is another big one. Um, Josh, you want to tell us about that change to treasure?
2: I will, I will. So it's, a, it's again, a minor minor tweak. Um, they, you know, the rules are updated to say that, yes, models can move over objectives and treasure, um, no problem. But they, they change the rules that you, you can still end a move on top of an objective, but you cannot touch, you cannot end a move touching or be on top of a treasure anymore. So now it essentially obstructs the space. Um, a lot of people were excited about that in terms of using treasure to block movement of bottles with large bases like monsters. Um, we're more excited about it because there's a lot of modeling and uh, ho- opportunities there, which we'll touch on in the circle yeah, of paint. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's going to be, a, but it will tactically be different because now models will have to be more careful around how they end their movement for treasure or whether you pick it up or not because it's obstructing yep. space. And,
1: and when you drop treasure, uh, you can create areas of block for, for people to move, exactly. stop movement and stuff like that. So that's right. That's kind of interesting too. Um, yeah. and then last, uh, but certainly not least, uh, well, sorry, let me say that again. Are there any other updates to the FAQ that caught your guys's attention or that you thought was uh, worth mentioning?
2: Um, There are lots of little tweaks, clarifications. Again, you know, the the, the main one around Questor Soul Strong, just kind of elucidating that they can take normal, you know, reinforcements like any other Warband. You know, I think that was a nice, good, clear statement. Um, You know, and there were just a few minor clarifications, but otherwise it wasn't a a whole bunch of huge changes.
1: Yep, yep. Um, Very cool, very cool. Mm -hmm. All right, and that takes us Where, to our circle of paint. Is it time for the circle yeah. of paint already? It's time. Ooh. It's another season, another circle, another paint.
2: And, and we pondered this for a while last night, and we're kind of like throwing ideas back and forth, and we're like, oh wait, oh wait, the changes to treasures gives us a modeling opportunity to make treasure tokens.
1: Yeah. Uh, shout out uh, to one of our league mates, Zach, who uh, has been playing uh, Seraphon for. You know, probably half of the leagues that we've we've had, and he's modeled yep, up yep. treasure tokens that are a joy to use every time. Uh, mm-hmm. Or sometimes we mm-hmm. use them as objectives too. Um, Some foresight. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But now they're they work great as uh, treasure tokens. And uh, one of the clarifications is you always measure from the center of objectives or the center of treasure tokens. So yep. um, you know, uh, it's great that they can have kind of verticality and and that sort of stuff. Um, Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we're gonna. It's it's different. We did monsters last time, which was a big undertaking. We had weeks and weeks without progress, sometimes, or like big swings in progress, and then you know that sort of thing. uh, Two fingers point, six fingers pointing back at you, buddy. Uh, (laughs) I was
0: done first. Mine, I had to dust off for the pictures. I don't know what's going on with you guys. Here, let me just hit it with the dust, with the feather duster.
2: Yeah. Yep. But but just like <laughs> it, continuing with tradition, the one who finishes last
0: wins. <laughs> it's... I was so worried. It was my first circle of paint challenge with you guys. I was like, I better get this done so fast. It better be ready to go, like my third or fourth week. And then six months later, Eric's like, so I got mine yeah, done, guys. Did You know, that was the nail in the coffin for you. <laughs> Tell the new guy. Yeah. Got to be
1: on your on your best. You got to get it fast. Um, so have I mean we've only had the idea for a little bit. Any any um, thoughts on what you want to do?
2: Well, one question. Um, so I know like Zach has got his on small, I think twenty five mm-hmm. millimeter bases. However, the official treasure tokens are hexagons. I think, mm-hmm. or octagons, hexagons. So are we going to put them on the hexagon the Mm. exact same size or 25-millimeter basis? Because that that does change it up.
0: Yeah. Um, Not to be weird, I think the hex fits more on a 32.
1: Sure. So, yeah, Because they're two inches across at the flats, Uh, at the corners. I don't know if they're a little bit Uh wider.
2: We'll have to measure and get back on that then in terms of what size. 32
1: might be better if we're using rounds. I mean, we've we've got... Plenty of cardboard tokens that we could try and harden up and turn into the bases of these. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, again, I think what's important and what you might want to think about is having a point on the on the model to measure from that's in the center. If if you do that, then it then although it because it obstructs exactly where you can set it, it then we probably do want to keep that makes that a base difference. size. difference. Um, right, you're right because yeah. you don't you can't get close to it.
0: No, I'm not gonna fall for it again this time, where it's like, hey guys, get it done fast. So what I'm gonna do is buy a bunch of Cypher Lords and Untamed Beast Boxes, and I have so many Spears left over, and mine are gonna be heads on pikes in the middle of these giant things. (laughs) It's gonna be painted so good, they'll look so much like your armies, it's gonna be awesome. Let me know if you need any heads. (laughs) Right, exactly. i might have a few spare later on <laughs> just for you guys see the real trick is to take them off your models when you're not looking and you'll get home and be like okay time to put those away and all your heads will be gone and i'll be over there yep yeah. so it's gonna be so good so for feel, you, it. feel
1: so, it so so vent you're thinking pikes on heads little shiny
0: collections they're bobs and bibbles and stuff Uh, All kidding aside, I probably will try and put some Skulls and things on mine since I pretty much only play Chaos. Um, It's been a year of Zeech, so I'm thinking I'm going to put some Blue Horrors or something dancing around on one, Um, you know, add some goofy goofy things uh with i think this season being a jade obelisk season for me although i'm really debating darko savagers because there's been some uh some shade thrown their way and i just want to make sure that i can uh reclaim uh as they so justly uh, deserve
2: i don't know if you remember seeing it. i printed off this obelisk like a small size i could print off a couple of those and you
0: could use those as objectives as well yeah i mean i have i have some other some other cool stuff floating around um that I, I think might work well mm-hmm. um, and I have I have some other fun ideas but I'm not gonna tip my hands I'm not new anymore guys <laughs> still on probation not new anymore though
2: <laughs> yeah I have no
0: I have no thoughts yet because uh, I was
2: like I was thinking about well yeah it's a great idea but do you want them generic or do I want to pick a war band that I'm gonna focus on next and then maybe align them or I'm not sure yet so yeah. I, I gotta do some brainstorming. I think
1: I might do two sets.
0: Uh, I've got. Wolverine. It's fine when you take six months to do them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be doing this podcast next July. Right. So I got my treasure tokens done. I mean, I mean, we gotta pick. We'll pick a
1: deadline. It'll. You know, the, the only reason last season was six months is because we did not. Uh, we weren't very. Uh, we, we didn't keep uh. our, the podcast to a very tight <laughs> uh, frame time. Uh, that's fair. Two ideas. One is generic order artifacts. So I've got, you know, like some telescopes from some of the old, uh, you know, uh, Cities of Sigmar stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a, a Stormcast artifact, you know, some of those weapon depot, you know, things that they, that they put out. So that's one where I think would be work for, you know, my cities and or for my Stormcast and for my karadren uh, like those are things that they would probably love to go and pick up. Um, mm-hmm. For my Cities of Sigmar, my Cogfort, um, I picked up, I've got a, my Cogfort's heavily based on the, using the Necromunda Underhive Stronghold. And they have, they also have a um, market kit that has like containers, like long yep. containers. And uh, they have lids on them and you can put stuff in them. And so I've collected some stuff. So I, something I already planned was, you know, one might have a, some mechanical arms in it for replacing the grunts when they lose their real, their organic arms, right? Um, another might have um, some of the they, – uh, they have these little – I can't remember where I got them from. I think from um, Vint, your bits bag for um, Mechanicus, they have these little pouches that look like vials. Of, mm. They are perfect for Aqua Garanus. And so – one crate could have a bunch of vials of Aquagoranis, which are a, you know, healing. I like and, that. And so, a great idea. Uh, you know, I could have one where there's, you know, one that the crate's partway open. and um, But the other thing I think I can do with that is I can put the covers on and maybe magnetize the covers. Um, and if I made them all... And this won't look very interesting for the contest, but if I made them all perfectly equal, like, they look exactly the same, then I could have, like, secret numbers on the, on the lids. Or maybe I could just, you know, whatever. I could move the lids around but then you could have like which token is it? which number is in and so there could be right, some right. special
2: yeah for for the missions where you you have to get the right one yep yeah get off the table yep, yeah. which is
1: more of a necromunda thing than maybe a, a Warcry thing but oh no uh
0: warcry has got it two together it? yeah you burn your treasures yeah <laughs> burn your treasures yeah like this one's not the real one that's a mission yep, still okay. right so right. yeah yep.
1: so that's the the kind of second idea is kind of these resupply boxes that they, they come with. So Mm
2: -hmm.
1: cool. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, I'll have to start brainstorming. We've got, so we've got a little bit to figure out in terms of if we want to use the 32 millimeter circles, or if we want to use, um, the, the hexes, the, the octagons or yeah, octagons. Um, and then making sure that they're measurable to the center. Um, and then kind of figuring out what our themes are, uh, and we think and and wh- how many. So if we're doing six or more, yeah, I think six probably a good number. Yep.
0: Yep. Um, That's uh, one every two months for you, Eric. Uh, uh, QB, <laughs> the the the, <laughs> the
1: the it was it was one time, Vince. Vent- <laughs> the The crypt of blood this is uh, te- on, template, <laughs> the crypt of blood template has eight uh, objective treasure slash treasure markers. Uh, yeah, we it. do, but I think oh,
2: I, I have never come across a mission where we had more than six. Sure, sure. So, but dear
0: listeners, I'm happy with that. Yeah. We just got to decide. If you find the mission where we need eight, let us yeah. know, or we because can then we role. can give Eric another two months.
1: That's enough, it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! All right. Anything else that? Uh, anything else we want to talk about with the Circle of Pain? Are we ready to jump into our victory condition? We're ready to jump in. Ooh. All right. The victory right. condition. Our victory condition this episode is to talk about uh, the crypt. At, at Crypt of Blood starter yeah. set uh, by Games Workshop. Thank you, Games Workshop, for sending us a preview copy so that we could dig into it, get a little more information so that we could have this uh, episode for you to listen as you're thinking about purchasing it uh, in this pre-order week. Um, uh, why don't we start with uh, the contents? The contents of the box have been around for... that has been known for a while, and... Um, there are five pieces of terrain. This is sort of like graveyard terrain. Um, and uh, there is a couple of, of like uh, iron wrought walls. There is a uh, tomb or a casket in the middle with a, a blood pool siphon thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a statue of Neferata. Um, and there's a uh, more of a kind of solid wall um, kind of piece. Um, mm-hmm. so we've got, we've got those five pieces of terrain we've got uh, two warbands Truth Seekers. both of these warbands are from Underworlds and they are push fit uh, models, we've got Truth Seekers, and we've got the Crimson Court both have four fighters in their warband, we've got a set of uh, tokens uh, cardboard, uh, you know, kind of punch out tokens uh, a cardboard ruler and uh, some small dice so, not our typical Warcry dice, but something a little bit uh, smaller, more compact. All of the fighter cards and uh, stuff uh, for them. And then we've got uh, uh, a booklet, uh, Crypt of Blood, uh, that walks players through uh, playing their first uh, few games of Warcry. And the board as well. Oh, double sided. Sorry. And. So, we've got two sides to the board. One that is a snowy uh, board, which is similar to the. Um, they had a big um, neoprene mat uh, once upon a time that had kind of the winter uh, thing on there that came out. With, that was
2: also. Yeah, with the graveyard. With the graveyard
1: uh, set. Yep. And then we've got uh, kind of the bluish green um, board uh, from the uh, original Warcry release. Um, so. 1.0 uh, some golden oldies right here exactly um so um that's that's the contents of the box uh it is uh meant to be sort of a compact smaller uh kind of a start um obviously a starter set um what did you guys think about um about these pieces what what got you excited about it what what was interesting about you, about uh this direction that they've gone for you
0: uh, for me, I, I play some Underworlds uh, with some of the people on the Mortal Realms podcast there And uh, I have loved, 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 loved the True Seekers models um, I thought they were super cool And when it comes to Stormcast, I really like their aesthetic uh, Their story in Haro Deep is pretty awesome um, Definitely worth checking out I won't give you any spoilers, but it's, it's good stuff um, And just was so, so excited to see them in here uh, one of the people they talk about on the What the Hex podcast, Jazz, um, she's played the um, not Zandires, the Crimson uh, court. court. Yes, the Crimson Court models uh, since they launched, mm. and so there's every time I see them, I think of Jazz because I'm like, oh, Jazz plays these, yep. and so uh, I've had them kill me a lot of times. Um, so they're they're not quite to the level of Cipher Lords and Josh, but. Uh, I definitely will be excited to put some more to the sword uh, as they <laughs> as they come out onto the tables. So, uh, but they're very cool. Like the models are absolutely yeah. lovely, um, yeah. and the, the the kit is just yeah. great. Uh, like they're both very yeah. cool kids. And uh,
1: to date, these models have we've only had their rules in white dwarves. So they get you know fresh new rules for Warcry here, which uh, they can also be played as Bladeborn uh, for you know. Any, um, uh, any okay, order uh, or death um, players, um, and they've got a lot of cool utility uh, in them. Especially, like I mentioned, uh, uh, Kalthias in my Soulsworn Warband now, um, and adds a lot of utility. Uh, you know, extra mm-hmm. extra acti- activations or actions. Um, yeah. So that's really nice. Um, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk a little bit about. We'll do a little bit kind of a highs and lows or or whatever towards the end but let, let's dig into um kind of the lore that's present in the book um we uh are are the book gives you a little a kind of uh kind of overview of the age of sigmar and the space that we're in right the realms and uh the reign of chaos and and then the age of sigmar and some of the subsequent kind of uh seasons that have passed since then um and then we get uh, a little bit of information about like the idea that in uh as nagash took over uh shyish the realm of death smashing other gods consuming other gods kind of uh you know trying to become the supreme lord of death uh there is a lot of mess in his wake uh and you know we've uh we've had the um who what was what's the big uh Necroquake, Necroquake. Um, yep, which had some really cool deathy names and stuff like that. But just a lot of stuff has happened in in Shaiish, and so the the idea is that there is uh, what they talk about is that there are still pockets and places because Shaiish is so huge, where the remnants of these destroyed cities or afterlives have still remain, and there are treasures there and there are cool things to pick up, and they the particular space that we're talking in for this book is uh the crypt knocked um and shrouded in darkness Lactis, I think. noctis yeah, okay Lactis. um yeah. and um this is where we're we're battling they give us a little bit of lore on a kind of a character description an attitude of each of the fighters from the two warbands um and that's interesting um they give us and then they give us a little bit um a little bit of a narrative interaction between um so in, in when they talk about the xandar's true seekers they talk a little bit about them being the um kind of seal team six of sigmar's uh um uh you know army and uh, they, we get a little story of the the um, oh man, I gotta remember their names because I'm, I'm bad with names as it is. Um, where uh, Dorez giant fell is fighting against, oh, I think it's um, uh, Vellas von Fein. So a little standoff there, and then we get a little bit of a, a narrative about um, Anias Curseborn uh, fighting against uh, Luxus Stormrider, the the archer of the Stormcast of the Truth Seekers. Um, Uh, but they we don't that's a that's a that's kind of the summary of it and then we get uh i believe five or six missions missions battle plans uh that sort of walk us step by step seven battle plans that walk us step by step through the rules so um it's a little bit different there's not a there's not a campaign arc uh in here per se but game one Gives us starts with two models and walks us through movement and interaction with terrain and activations. Game two adds in combat. Uh, game three brings in ability dice and an initiative. So um, it sort of takes you over seven different games and setups. Introduces you know um, deployment zones and uh, measuring you know all these different things. And so it builds up a little bit of a story, you know. Like in here, we've got, you know, these two fighters are fighting, and then here we've got reinforcements coming in, et cetera. So it does give you some narrative, but it's a very tight like walkthrough of the rules over seven battle plans. Tries not to overwhelm you by saying, "Hey, here's all the rules, right?" It's sort of meant to be something where you can walk, you know, like the book is walking you through how to play War Cry. Whereas, you know, like we'll talk about demos in a future episode, um, you know, where we're doing that for other people, this is how they've decided to kind of step that out. Um, and then it has, uh, uh, some, it has rules. It has basic rules. It doesn't have all the rules that even the, the downloadable PDF has. There's a few pages missing from that, like how you pull your, put your roster together and you know that sort of thing which is interesting and then it gives you kind of next step how do you grow your warband core rulebook the compendium the 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 warband tomes which is what it calls those booklets that come came in the the starter sets that we've gotten previously it talks mm-hmm. about the Questor soul sworn and the iskirgan true blades as you know continuations it gives us monsters and allies and thralls so it just sort of uh and then you know uh you know how to get into painting and that sort of thing so It's sort of, like a lot of things, it gives you a starting point and then tells you where you could go from here. And that's primarily the contents of the booklet that we get, is that a little bit of history, a little bit of lore, uh, the main part of it is this walkthrough of the game, and then a little bit of looking forward to what else you could pick up to expand your warband from here. So
2: really kind of an introductory for a player who's never played War Cry, or even particular yep. wargaming systems. If you're not connected
1: like... to any groups, if you don't have anybody to show you a demo, uh, yeah, if you're trying to learn for yourself before uh, sharing it with a friend um, mm-hmm. or bringing somebody else into it, yeah, it is. It definitely has that. And I'd be, um, I know there's been other games that have sort of had, like you know, like in a, in our group, there's a lot of people in the community that create cheat sheets or, you know, mm-hmm. how do you remember? you know, the steps, the order of operation when you're playing a game with somebody. This doesn't worry as much about kind of that overall kind of order of of the game as much as here's all the individual pieces feeding you little by little. Right. Over time, kind of getting it all. I, I know Fallout, the
2: their core box set, kind of has that where you do one mission, you learn some concepts, you do the next, you learn more, a bit more. I, th- I definitely think for people who aren't familiar with a particular style of play or system, yeah. it can be very useful.
1: Well, I feel like it's similar to a lot of video games where they have kind of this, the tutorial stage, right? Sure. Where, yep. you know, hey, the first thing you do is, um, you know, the most recent for me is, you know, like Zelda Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, where the first thing you do is sort of wake up and get your uh, uh, your your little tablet thing um, the Pura pad or the um, whatnot. And then you take that and learn how to use the map and you learn how to use whatever. And then you take a little farther All and right. you learn how to jump or grab a stick and break a, a barrel, right? How to search for stuff. Um, put on, open a chest and put on clothes. Uh, so uh, there's a little bit of that here where here's a, here's a, a first battle plan. Here's where you set up your models. Here's where you set up the terrain. Here's the scenario. Um, you don't have to worry about twists or victory conditions yet. You're just going through the motions. Um, right, right. Any other, I mean, are there other examples of starter sets that um, for even within Games Workshop or um, other game systems that that you think of uh,
0: or can compare this to?
1: Um,
0: I mean, when it comes to the big hammer games right you have uh the age of sigmar starter set all the way back to fire and blood was always super super easy to learn from uh they always had cheat sheets they always had had all these extra things in there to make sure age of sigmar was super palatable to play um and to get right into and i think though the tactics i think are very difficult for like can can really curve into very elite um curves and and like just generally difficult and complex movement and things. Age of Sigmar is very easy to learn. And I feel that with like 10th edition uh, 40k, it's again, it's in every edition past 7th has been easier and easier to learn how to play uh, for 40k. Um, and I feel that those starter sets made that very easy. Uh, you can even go to, you know, the 40k equivalent with uh, Kill Team. Kill Team is a very rules, I feel, a very rules enhanced, um, very like could be complicated way to play um but it's very palatable when you're just learning right a new player can pick up kill team with their friends and they'll have a great great time um if they go into the competitive scene the competitive scene for kill team is very very good uh so there's a big jump um if you're looking to jump into the competitive scene for kill team uh, but the starter set for where you start off is fantastic it's perfect and you have like extremely good models, and I think the the show the show me value of all of these starter sets. Right, uh, if you think of Yandrasta, you know who she is. If you play Age of Sigmar, heck, you probably know who she is. If you're just into miniature wargaming, because that model is so crazy good looking. Um, you have your, uh, you know, you go back to the Hammer Hammerhand from um, some of the from Generation One of Age of Sigmar. Uh, you can pick. You know, any 40k player knows what the new Stern Guard and the new Dreadnought and those people look like. So, the the, sh- the show stopping value of the models in this this starter set with Xandir's Truth Seekers already being something that was, you know, widely, widely enjoyed by the Underworlds community. And then Crimson Court, and when those were out, you couldn't find them anywhere because they were so, so popular when they first launched. You know, some stores are still getting getting those uh, like still rare-to-find boxes of them because they're just such cool models. So having another entry point to go get those models yeah. is very cool, too. So a
2: quick question. So does the Kill Team starter, does it go through this kind of mechanical evolution as well in each particular mission, or is it more like the normal Cry where it's got, here are all the rules and here are some missions? I haven't played it myself, so I wasn't sure.
0: Um. It's, it starts off with more of a this, and it's been a minute um, since the launch. Okay. Really, I haven't I haven't played okay, Kill well, Team fine. in yeah, quite games, some yeah. time. Um, but uh, from what I remember, um, which could be fuzzy, uh, they give you all the rules, and then the missions are more and less complicated as okay. you go. So, like that first mission in the Kill Team box is pretty straightforward. You're like, okay, here's my terrain, gonna put it here, here, and here, and now we're gonna fight. Okay, this is pretty straightforward. Uh, and then your next mission is a little more complicated with objective play, and then you get into the third mission and it's very complicated with objective okay. play. So it um, scales like but, back but into but not quite the same way yeah. this one
2: does. Yeah. This is more even Yeah, it sounds more like... mechanically focused in terms of movement yeah. than fighting
1: <laughs> yeah. than, okay. I mean, I so yeah, I think kind of the games. the other thing with the bigger, you know, Warcry or Age of Sigmar games and I think the uh, 40k as well where there's usually the big starter set with like the two You know bigger armies, you know six units or so with heroes or whatnot, but then they usually have two smaller like sub Boxes that are like hey this one only has three units and then this one has two units and a hero or whatever it is And so they sort of like bring that down. I remember the first starter box uh, for Age of Sigmar it had a number of these scenarios laid out and it told you hey set up here the enemies, the the stormcast set up here, the um, uh, blood bloodbound blades of, of corn set up here, and you need to get your you know one of your models across and off the board. Right, that was kind of introduction mm-hmm. to new ways of playing and this sort of stuff. And um, it was a really great walkthrough. I loved Davey and I walked through that. Um, you know, before we put out our first podcast and uh, got to mm-hmm. kind of really dig into it and it was really helpful to kind of give us the setting and the tone of it. Um, uh, Why don't we talk then, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, what things we like about this starter set? Um, I mean, we've mentioned a few things. We like that these models are available here. These, because these are, are some harder to find models and they're both just, you know, beloved, like they're just great sculpts. Um, What are some other things that we like about this as a starter set from the point of view of, you know, we run league, we try and get people into the game. This podcast is here to, to help people get into this game and get excited about it. What is exciting or interesting about this starter set?
2: Um, I mean, I do like the terrain. I, I think the main complaint I've heard, and, and then I, I share a little bit, is that there, I wish there was more of it. But thematically, I think it's really interesting, especially if they're in Shayish, but have this particular lore behind it. And uh, I did pick up like the Sycamore Mausoleum set, and I have that. So having having this sort of set to add to that or grow, you know, evolve into a larger board, I think is fun. Um, and, and one thing I forgot to mention back in the FAQ is um having these really cool models in this set is nice because they changed how bladeborn work a little bit again they did a subtle tweak and they said you can take any bladeborn fighter in your warband and just spend the points and take it you no longer have to take the hero and then take the bladeborn it says you still have to do an ally quest to take the hero model but you can take any of the bladeborn fighters independently in your warband and so with these models it's like hey I could take you know i could take the archer or i am gonna take the bird or i'm gonna take this guy and just add him to your warband and so i think having that capability and not needing to take the hero model yeah uh, kind of just it's kind of fun to be be able to pick and choose now a little bit more yeah because
1: i mean there's not that we found that those those like fighter models aren't so game-breaking or you know like change things up too much and sometimes they're they have a higher cost or you know, different costs yep. to it, or yep. they're not. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're super yeah. cheap, so it all depends. Yeah. But.
2: but they can't get renowned, and they can't hold artifacts. Yep. So I mean, you know, why not allow us to take them anyway? Because yep. you still have the downsides. Yep. But,
1: so. And that's because these are named <laughs> models that have their own right. stories and have their own preferred weapons. They're not customizable. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Anything else? Uh, I mean, I, I like. Um, I do like the concept of a limited uh, range of like models i mean like we've talked about playing demo games i don't think you have to have all the models to you know a full thousand points to play this game uh and to get started um there is a pretty strong tradition in (laughs) games workshop starter sets that there's always one unit that isn't a full unit you know three uh um prosecutor or not three prosecutors um uh three protectors or whatever they're called um you know the 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 unit is 5 when they come out with the final box but they you know have to fit so many pl- so much plastic in it mm-hmm. um well, and even in multiplayer games we often play at 500 points yep, or yep. 750 so or something being able like to that. pull in uh, mm-hmm. these these this warband uh, truncated warband into it and it also you know just encourages that buying something else or completing it but you don't have to um, anything else uh, do you guys like the i mean the the pick, do you, like the, how, what do you think about that style of walkthrough with the kind of, hey, f- battle plan one is set them up like this, walk over terrain, get it done. Does that feel like it serves the right purpose
0: or um, does what it needs to do? Yeah, I think learning in pieces is good. Uh, I think taking it one step at a time so you're not like, okay, and here's a here's how the dice work. Also, here's a bunch of other rules that you're going to be forgetting as you play through, right? Um, and that was, I think, one of my big gripes with the, the Kill Team starter is that when that starter came out, it was here's all the rules from zero to hero. Uh, so remembering that you had uh, a cover based on where your model was and how you could see him and if you could see him and his relation to the, be it a barricade or a wall, um, it just got to be, it's a lot to think about on top of, Hey, I don't know how to play this game. What do my dice do? Um, and then there's 12 different keywords at the end of a, of a weapon. What is, what is uh lethal five do? You know? Um, so it's really, it, it's, it's a lot to consume all at once. And I feel like if you take it bit by bit, it's gonna help.
2: I think kind of like you said, Eric, uh, I think you put it very well as this is like having a demo that you can do with yourself or someone else, instead of, you know, it's the same process that we would go through if you were doing a demo. So it's nice in that respect, I think.
1: Now let's talk a little bit about maybe misses, missed opportunities or things that, that doesn't hit. So it can be, both things can be true. Um, mm-hmm. You know these are perfectly playable warbands, especially in multiplayer or in demo sets, etc. How does it feel to not have a full thousand points, which is the standard gameplay level for match play and even narrative play to start with a thousand points? How does that? How do you feel like that's going to feel as a new player coming into this, saying, "Hey, I got my starter set, I got models. Oh, I need four hundred more points of models. That feels a little. Does that? Does that feel right? Does that
0: feel?" off at all? Let me go, Vim. Yeah, I think uh, so in my experience it's always been one of those things that people get their starter box and they want to be ready to play. Uh, They want to be able to take their thing to a tournament if they want to or take it to um, some other other place and and be like, hey, I have I want to play some Warcry and I brought my models that I worked really hard on and like they look really cool. Like, look, I'm really proud of them. And then somebody across the table goes, dude, you don't even have a full army. Like, and it breaks your heart. Um, and I, I don't know that a lot of people are going to fall into those traps that, you know, that, that some do. It's not a usual trap that like, you know, a hundred percent of the people who bought the starter set don't know what it is and don't know how to use it. And they're gonna go on top of, once they learn how to play, they're going to play out, right? That's, we're talking a very small percentage of people. Um, but with that happening more and more, and more playing out happening in general, um, you know, any four stores in our area will have Warhammer Knights that are populated by a dozen people or more. Um, so having those games and that those options out there, like, you're going to have that percentage is still real, right? you know there's going to be thousands of these sold and even if it's 1% that's still 100 people um well bad math but you get the idea that's still a bunch of people that go out and they're excited to play and they they have to find out maybe the hard way that it's it's not enough um and not every community is going to be as welcoming right and we should be gentle listener uh, <laughs> very very kind to those new people hey i'll pair down to 500 points or what do you have? Four ninety-five. Cool. Here's half of my war band. We'll still play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's every, every time it's a little less than normal. It's just hard to justify to a new person like, "Cool, here's your hundred and ten dollar box. Now you're gonna go through and you're gonna have to spend another eighty or ninety or a hundred dollars to play the game everywhere else um, against people who just have Age of Sigmar armies, right? That they don't have to spend yeah. anymore. Or even compared um, to a previous starter box, where you got two warbands, yeah. terrain, and
2: everything. It'll cost more, but you had everything.
1: Yeah. I mean, what could yeah. have what could have been worked if they were both of the same Grand Alliance, and then you could combine them in an army, uh, you know, in match play, right? You That'd could, be cool. If you had the um, Crimson Court and the whoever the electric zombie guy Cyprical is, guard with, or yep, something, or skeletons, or, right? Yeah. That could have been another way to go, where you've got two warbands of you know similar size, and you know you could also combine them into one warband. Uh, I think of like Pokemon decks are like that, right? You can get a you know a deck of one uh, element and of another element, but you could also combine them into a full deck if you wanted to. Um, what about uh, the terrain? I think you it's good looking terrain, and I think for mm-hmm. somebody who's already got terrain and wants to expand the mausoleum or you know collect all the different terrains it's a kind of one of those where hey i can get a little extra new terrain but it yeah. isn't doesn't have a lot of elevation it doesn't have um kind of doesn't give you the full war Cry experience which is a lot about climbing on terrain and moving around and jumping and that sort of stuff uh how does that do you think that's a, a hit or a, a miss in terms of or could they could that have been mm-hmm. different
2: yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it could be different. Um, I think, you know, for, you know, mechanically how they set up each mission in terms to be learning certain sets of rules, it makes sense that they want it all kind of like, okay, we're going to make it one level. Yeah. They don't have to worry about climbing. They don't have to do anything else. But, um, you know, you and I talked yesterday about how one opportunity could have been, maybe you have like a cardboard box inset or even just a, a pattern on the outside of the box to make it, like another level. You know, maybe that's a a floor, raised yeah. terrain piece. And, and you know, maybe they'll do that. But uh but making that more an overt option yeah. would have been awesome, right? Yeah. Or you know, the a lot the of terms. the
1: I don't know I don't know about the forty K ones, but I know some of like um the Dominion box that I think some of the smaller uh sets came with this insert and then it you'd flip it over and put it on the table and it looked like, you know, Yep, a raised platform. A raised platform, and and it's kind of Mm -hmm. you don't want a big, bulky square in the middle. So you could even like perforate it down the middle, have one print on this side, put one print on this side, and you'd have two pieces or four pieces or whatever. Like it could have been some opportunity there to to have cardboard terrain, which is. Something that still is done, but is also kind of a throwback to Mordheim and other games right, right. where a starting point and yeah. and yeah. and could have provided, and we'll talk about it a little bit a, a different price point to this product as well, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think terrain. Again, it's one of those where it's like you can it's it's good for the scenarios they laid out, not trying to do too much, which if you were running a demo for somebody could make sense, but does it make sense as? I've got my first collection for Warcry. Am I getting the full Warcry experience from this terrain? I'm a little... I feel like it falls a little bit short because it's not vert- It's not a lot of vertical. And I, I actually <laughs> I find the mausoleum walls to be one of the more restricting types of terrain because they're, you know, three inches tall, uh, but they're just a barrier. You're not getting any, you know, like much in their terms of elevation or, you know, advantage around it. So Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's, it's, they're one of the harder, yeah, can be one of the harder terrains to, to work, to play within. Although I know Mike likes, has a great set of terrain that he loves
0: playing with that and that sort of thing. So there's, there's things to add on. Yeah. Yeah. I think on that note too, one of the misses for me was that it's price point. You kind of brought it up there. Uh, for for the same amount I can get, you know, a kill boss and the full ten gut ripas to put into a, a War Cry team, as well as some Stormcast. Um I given the models are great, but the other models aren't bad either. Uh you know, if you buy just a basic starter set. And now I'm into Age of Sigmar, you know? Um, and Warcry is an awesome game and we have plenty of awesome players and one of the best communities in any, of any system, uh, out there. Um, I would stand us up against anybody. I think we're a great, welcoming system and a bunch of really cool, um, hobbyists and enthusiasts. But I think, you know, if you're going to Google how many people play Warcry versus how many people play Age of Sigmar, you're going to find that there's a lot of Age of Sigmar players out there. So if you're looking for a game, it might be easier for you looking at, you know, how far can my money go to spend the $100 and get more models. um, Even if it's $120, right? You can get more models or spend the one, I think it's 160 now for the big box. And then you get terrain too and two full armies, Mm -hmm. right? You're already at almost a thousand points for each of those. You can play a 500 point Age of Sigmar game um, with a lot of stuff too. So I just feel like... It's a steep price for maybe a starter set. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also not sure it was aiming for the same starter people, right? This isn't somebody, it works for somebody who's new. And then I think they're sh- you know, hoping to sell it at Target and Barnes and Noble where people might not have the ability or the knowledge to do more than just a basic mm-hmm. push, push fit model. Yeah. Um. So maybe a different hobbyist altogether is what they're shooting for with this. And then you also have the um, the fact that people like us, who are just Warcry junkies, are going to go out and pick up the box anyway. Like, oh, Zandires? Sweet, yeah, Crimson Core Models? Get them in here. I need those for insert whatever project I'm doing today. Um, and it's just going to be a good enough value for us in every way. Um, that it's not a comparable purchase, yep. right? If that makes sense. Yeah,
1: I think um, if you are looking to start playing War Cry, either going to events or playing more, like building out bigger war, you know, a full war band. Uh, you know, a single box of any of the War Cry specific war bands are sixty dollars a box. Um, uh, and so two of those is 120 and, and I think general consensus is two boxes of any warband is pretty good to kind of build it however you want grow it how you want have you know extras of some of the your favorite you know models and that sort of thing and so that if you're looking to like and then the, the rules the basic rules are free online and so there's a comparable, comparable um, kind of choice and maybe where if I were if I were intervening and giving somebody direction i'd probably send them that way first right so there's sort of the if i were to if i were to recommend to somebody who is interested i'd given them a demo game and hey where do you want to start from there where do you want to go next i'd probably direct them to buy two bo- two boxes of your favorite you know warband or like you said pick a, a favorite age of sigmar uh you know uh Starter set or starter or set or yeah. Start
2: collecting boxes. Yeah, or, start collecting. Yeah. yeah,
1: any one of those where you get two or three different ki- units and can play different stuff in there. And a monster sometimes. Sometimes, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a few things where if I were to to run a game for somebody and demo, uh, I would I would point them in a completely different direction than this. I think for me it's a little hard for this price point and for what you get and a limited war cry experience just to achieve self-teaching because i i Mm -hmm. I almost
2: it's what it feels like yeah it's it's really intended for somebody like you said maybe at target or barnes and noble who's no exposure it's what it really feels like
1: and then and i don't know what the um i don't know what the Kind of price point to be successful, right? This has got to be a certain price point to be successful on the shelf at one of those places. That could totally be it. Uh, but it feels like a eighty dollars price point would have been more tenable, in my opinion, for somebody who's trying to commit or like to, to a getting game starter box. Yeah, you know like
2: the ninety. You know, yep, whatever. Yep. Yeah,
1: I feel like that pumping over, jumping over a hundred dollars feels a little high for an entry level game that at the end of it says hey you you're you don't know that you haven't even had the full experience yet and there's more to get if you want to have the, the full experience um, Yeah. so I think I guess you know any is, is there anything else that you feel like you know, missed the mark you know I think we talked about the number of war the, the warband size the terrain the price point uh, the I guess I'll put it out there I I do think the book could have used some narrative pieces, talking like giving us more immersion into Crypt Noct. a mm-hmm. you know a, a list of greater artifacts that could come from Crypt Noct that anybody could go and quest for, right? Or
2: just having the full rule set, including the narrative aspect, because then that still would have been something more than the free rules
1: online, right? Right. Um, yep. So if this is the place where you could get, you know, I suppose getting the full core book in here would be tough, but. I mean, they've got that pretty truncated um, uh, these days. Um, so there's a few things like that where I feel like they've kind of introduced us to Crypt Noct and didn't fulfill it in any meaningful way through the rules, through you know narrative assets. And again, I don't think... I don't know if jumping people into the narrative play from this box set is... Right? That's a complexity that you sort of want to ease people into. Um but even if it was like you know one aspect of it, after this you, you can pick one item, or you can roll all the dice on the table and get one item of, of an artifact to add. Just to it. Just a taste. <laughs>
2: Just give them a taste. Yep.
1: So, um, but I don't think this is was meant to be a resource for us, right? Necessarily, it's it's not something to add to our experience because we've got the whole world of options because we've been playing it. I see what they. I also wondered if it was meant to target uh, Underworld's players specifically with Underworld's warbands, o- but they might already have those, so that maybe doesn't quite jive. Um, but then in the lore, they don't mention Underworlds at all, though, or these warbands' experiences in any of the Hallow Deep or you know, Nether Maze or anything like that. Um, I don't know if these guys were in Nether Maze. I'm speaking out the side of my face, but
2: yeah. No, that's right.
0: Yeah, they're they're in Haro Deep. I I had to look it up. Uh, the Nethermaze guys were, um, yeah, Well, it's all connected. Deep and Nether but, Maze are
2: connected. But, yeah.
0: yeah. Yep, yep. The so and like Haro Deep has like novellas about these guys. Yeah. It's just yeah. like that- a missed opportunity to like continue the story, right? Like, uh, there are, there are books I've sought out for. Forty K where it continued a story that I was interested in. Um, right, the culmination of Blood of the Phoenix is that Drazar dies. Spoilers. And so does Jane Zar, it shows how <laughs> Oh yeah. It's 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 five years old. <laughs> no, five years not old. That model, I uh, Good luck. <laughs> Well, they there. it shows that Drazar is a phoenix lord, don't you? Dum- Dum- no. Long suspected. Um, long suspected. Uh, and it, it, it's like, of all the places to find that lore, it's not in your codex, it's not in a 40k core book. Uh, what it is in is in your your box that had regular Eldar and dark Eldar fighting each other. Yeah, a thousand years ago. You know, it's, it was it was at the beginning. It was at the beginning of ninth edition. So yeah, it was it was three and a half to four years ago um, that this. And it wasn't in even then. There was the Blood of the Phoenix mm-hmm. book um, where it talked about it in the Psychic Awakenings. But it, this was a separate yeah. book so, for that launch box that so, actually so a explained what happened to. <laughs>
1: the lore, the deeper lore that already exists in the Black Library and other things like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's hard to know what to do with this. There's a piece of like, if somebody's coming out of nowhere and sees this on a shelf and uh, picks it up because they like the models, they're super the great models, and they want to play this game, um, it will show them how to play this game. Yep. It's a little confusing on um, kind of the value of the box itself, which may be more important to us because we're always looking at, should I buy this or buy that? But it also feels a little bit like it's sort of taken, given them a taste of Warcry, but not full Warcry. And I think that's right. a little disappointing. Um, yeah. That Because the, what we find that, that pulls people, hooks people and pulls them in is kind of that f- bigger immersive experience. Uh, and it doesn't, and and feeling like that they've they can spend their money the way they want to to get what they want to put on the table. Great, right. yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I think if it came with like full warbands or a full table of terrain or you know any of that would have like made it more at value. Yeah, in my eyes, yeah.
1: And I think you know I th- that's that balance of would you have put more terrain or more stuff in there to give the full experience? Like because right. we've had right. those boxes. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. So how do you, how do you build this so that it it hits maybe a lower price point and gives a full experience? I, right. And for for me, I I'm not as worried about the warband size as I am uh, the terrain. I think the terrain is what is the bigger miss for me. In order to get that price point, the the terrain and the price point are kind mm-hmm. of the two things that hit me the most.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and and the rules. I think having some narrative rules would have been, like you said, yeah. a great
1: addition. Yeah the rules for running a demo like a demo cheat sheet should have been a downloadable pdf that anybody could have access to to help teach other people how to play the game right why lock it in a box when you could give equip more people with that demo running cheat sheet and you know what i think challenge accepted (laughs) i think (laughs) i think as we we're, we're planning an episode coming up on running a demo it could be really cool to put that into a cheat sheet and say, hey, mm-hmm. run this demo. Uh, you know, not that, again, give it away for free, not that, but yeah. but just to further the, the people playing this game, that could have saved a lot of space in here for...
2: Yeah, well, you know, I, I think it kind of goes back to I don't really think Games Workshop ever intended to give the rules out for free. I think there was the whole mishap in terms of when the rulebook was going to come out they thought it was going to come out later than it did, so they put them out there. And I, I think it's—I think it was a great decision because so many people appreciated it and so many people got into the game because of it. So I hope they continue to do that yep. because you still need to pick up the core rulebook if you want the narrative pieces. Um, but I don't think it was intentional. So I sure. think that's why it, they wouldn't have even necessarily considered it for this in terms of because they may not intend to provide
1: them for free in the future. Yep. Yep. You're totally, totally true. Um. All right. Well, uh, that's kind of our uh, review of the starter set here. We are planning on doing some uh, uh, run-throughs of it, uh, playing it ourselves, uh, testing it out with some of our friends at What the Hex and teaching them about Warcry. And so whether or not we use this full set and only this set or if we supplement it with some, some of these ideas that we've talked about um, you know, then uh, you know we'll have some more we'll have those guys on the on the podcast in the future to talk about it and see what they think about it and if it feels mm-hmm. fulfilling to them. So we may be again blinded because we have access to a whole bunch of things and this isn't targeting right. us right um, and, and we'll learn more about that in uh, coming episodes. Um, mm. Any last uh, words or, Ideas or speculations or of all the things we've covered today, anything else you want to share or or, or chat about?
2: I just got to start thinking about what warband to use for the next league.
1: Yes, yeah. we got a new league coming up and a new warband. Any ideas, or should we save that for next next
2: episode? Save that. All right. So, yeah, I mean, Vince already Vince already told us.
1: Jay Dabble is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So tune in. <laughs> next episode <laughs> to hear us talking about our latest war bands uh, for seasons, our next league, uh, seventh league season. Um, yeah. And thank you for tuning in uh, for season six uh, and, and coming with us on this journey. Um, and you can reach us uh, with any questions, thoughts, feedback uh, on our Discord. Again, themortalrealms.com forward slash Discord. Or you can email us at Dogs of WarCry at gmail.com and we'll do our best to get uh information back to you or include your question on a mm-hmm. future episode. Um and uh I guess just uh over and out, uh Awu. Yeah, thank you. All right. It's time to put a muzzle on this episode. If it was a good, good dog, support the show with a positive review on iTunes. Sharing it with friends, joining us for hobby discussions at themortorealms.com forward slash discord, or leave a tip at themortorealms.com forward slash patreon. More content is available at themortorealms.com and on Twitter at Dogs of Warcry.